0: Done there, and now if you like, we're going to read 11 through 32. And as you're looking at it, I'm going to read a verse from John chapter 1 in verse 14 that, if you like, is a headline for what we're going to look at in these moments together. I just read this this week uh, as it was um, waiting upon the Lord what was going to be right to share with us here today. This is very much not just God's word for us today, you will appreciate that it is God's word for the time in which we are living in. It says in John 1.14, And the world became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Notice there, it says full of grace and truth. It doesn't say full of truth and grace. I don't think that anything is by accident in God's world. And then in Luke 15, 11 through 32. Then he said, this was Jesus, of course, a serpent wanted had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of, God, of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. When he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. No one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, uh, came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and spare, And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. I'm before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fattened calf here, and kill it. Let us eat and be merry, for this is my son, who is dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house. He had music and dancing, so he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant he said to him, your brother is gone, and because he has received, his sa- because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, lo, oh, these many years I have been serving you, I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I may, may, might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, he who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you kept the fatted calf. And you said to him, son, you are, and he said to him, the father speaking, said, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost by this family. It's a timeless story. It's it's the nature of story that you could have heard last week and it's worth hearing again this week. Isn't it? It's it's just, I I love these stories, these parables, eh? these parables. And Of course, uh, any parable I'm sure we know is a a story with a deeper spiritual truth and application, one within its tale. And, uh, you know, in this, in this age, it's already referred to in Peter's prayer earlier, in this age and time in which we are living, we live in a time of, of, of great darkness. We live in times of, of uncertainty in many ways. We, we live in a time of brokenness. So many things are broken. It's a time where, where man's word doesn't seem to mean so much, is it? You know, where, where trust is is broken so easily. And I, I'm not just referring to the MPs of today. The political people. That's true of, of many people. It, it's a time where parameters that were there for good reason have been broken down. Parameters within society at large. Parameters within the school. Parameters within the home, All sorts of parameters that have been set there by men who have, and women for that matter, who have feared God, amen? Who have feared God and have, and have created a judicial system, just thinking about our one country at this point, who have created a judicial system in light of God's word, yeah? That, that we might be governed correctly and that we might have a safe and healthy society. Such parameters just being thrown to the wayside as if they meant nothing. And it's a little wonder, that having done so, we find ourselves in the state of disappear that we do today. Some of the statistics that have came out recently because of changes that have been made in respect to sexuality, uh, and what a, a, an individual might do in respect of their se- sexuality, and you'll know what I mean by that, have shown that the vast majority within two years of making significant changes in their life, have sought counsel for pleasure. And they wonder why. Uh, this commentator uh, commenting on, on this situation said, well, this is obviously because, there is still too much persecution of such people. This is obviously because they, they, they don't have enough freedom. Another commentator said so. We've got the rainbow laces for the footballers. We've got the pride matches, and the pride days, and this freedom and that freedom, but there's still enough freedom. There's a prosecution of this one or that one who would, who would speak from a different position, but there's still enough freedom. Of course, there's been too much freedom. Just just like a child needs parameters to be kept from the, the cooker, for example, when moment is cooking tea, so there needs to be parameters, morally, spiritually, within society, within the home, within school, and so on and so forth. Again, truth is has been broken. Parameters, boundaries have been broken and cast to the wayside. The Word of God is being shunted into a forgotten place in society. But yet, we're still here. And just as the Lord burst onto the scene of creation, as, as is told by John in, in his gospel, and if we've read there the, the full account in chapter 1, you'll be well f- familiar with it. In the beginning was God. It's dramatic. One was with God. The world was God. The light shone in the darkness. The darkness couldn't go ahead. It, it was beautifully hand in hand with the account of Genesis, isn't it? That in the beginning, the, the earth was formless and void, and a, and a thick veil of darkness covered the earth. But a voice spoke, saying, Let there be light. I love it when we look up at the night sky, these summer nights, often and often in winter, too, for that matter. And despite the, the, the great chasm of darkness that is out there, there are these lights that are peppering in the sky, and don't they, do they grab the headlights? When you look up at the starry, starry night, nobody's speaking about the darkness. Nobody's, nobody's overwhelmed or inhibited by the darkness, rather they're captivated and held by the stars. So, first and foremost today, Ellen Baptist Church, I want to encourage you, in the midst of times of darkness and yes especially in the world's economy great uncertainty we have a sure and certain hope we have a friend that sits closer than a brother and we have a purpose it is to shine as stars in the midst of a wicked and depraved generation and how will they know how will they know that the way is depraved how will they know they are walking around lest you and I are to shout before them. Well, yes, information has a part to play. But again, I want to talk to us today about not just truth, but about peace. The importance and the balance of these two cannot be underlined enough. If I could put them in brackets, and, and, and put them in bold, and hyphen them, and, and stick them across the sky, and I've gone up to us today, that we might see them both, and appreciate the need for the balance of both. I would, but I'm going to shout it out, and I'm going to repeat it again and again, as we read the account there from verse 1 of John's Gospel. We need them both, but notice again, as I mentioned at the time I read it, it it's not truth. And grace is grace and truth. You might say, come on, get on with it. You're splitting hairs here's, here. I do believe that that order is there for a reason. I do believe that grace is a platform for the truth. Yeah? It's often said that people need to belong before they behave. You maybe heard this said. That, that people don't care what you do. Know, until they know that you care, have you heard that before? People don't care what you know until they know that you care. Now, don't don't go misunderstanding my theological position. Don't 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 go putting me in a box at this moment and then preventing yourself from hearing what God wants you to receive today by 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 putting me in this position as oh yeah, he's he's one of those flaky anything goes can arise. Nothing could be further from the truth. But we need to not just know the truth, we need to be able to walk in the truth and at the forefront of life is the love of God. The Bible says, doesn't it, in the book of Corinthians, that we, we can have all these array of things at our disposal, all of these gifts and abilities and talents and indeed a great and vitally important message to present to the world at large, yet if we have not love, we are but a symbol. And again, I said at the, at the outset and my message to you this morning, church, the things I did, because likely there's nobody here in this room that is at times angered and pained and brought to my knees as much as myself when it comes to certain matters. But how are we... Going to bring transformation how are we going to bring right direction how are we going to bring hope to the hopeless well, it's going to have to be through love i think it was francis of assisi wasn't it who spoke those famous words who said go into all the world and preach the good news and, and when necessary use words you see it's true isn't it that actions indeed speak louder than words How will will people change, you might reason, and I've made such reasoning. How how will people change if they don't know what's right? How will they they transcribe from wrong information and wrong direction to right information in the right direction unless we tell them? Didn't Paul say again, how will they know unless someone tells them? How how will they know unless what is said, how will they hear unless someone tells them? Speaking about the good news, the gospel, that there is a hope for the soul. Yeah? People need to know that there is a hope for the soul. And they need to know indeed that they are broken. They need to know indeed that they are lost, that they are messed up. Do they need you or I to point to the specifics of their wrongdoing? I think not. I think this is the balance, this is the line that we must walk again as has been said, that we must be a people that are able to hate the sin, but yet wholeheartedly love the sinner. Not talking wholeheartedly love the sinner. And isn't that becoming difficult in certain areas. However, when we walk with the Father, when we make him his presence and his God are priority in our lives, not just today. You know what I'm going to church, but day by day. Yes. When, when, we, all, when we allow his word and his will and his presence to permeate our heart, all things are possible. All things. We think of such statements that jesus made all things are possible for those who would believe we would think about buying buildings wouldn't we we would think about uh, overcoming sickness or unemployment or some other type of challenge in our life or in the life of the church but i want to present to you today that the greatest challenge that we have the greatest mountain that needs to be moved is that of not loving. We need to be a people of love, not a people of compromise, a people of truth, and a people of grace. In the story that we, we read today, we hear this fantastic account, this fantastic account of a lad that should have known better. A lad that quite simply should have known better. He, he grew up with such ab- abundance he grew up with such blessing at his disposal and the story records that he quite simply took it for granted he took it all for granted the likelihood is, we reflect upon things probably didn't appreciate what he had yeah none at the beginning yeah well, i'm not talking about the, the inheritance i'm not talking about the pounds and pence, the clothing and the fine life i'm talking about the Place at the Father's table. He didn't appreciate what he had. There's a danger in Christendom that we become caught up with the blessing and forget the Blesser himself. And that's where it started to go wrong for this young whippersnapper. And we've all been young whippersnappers to some degree. Come on, have it, yes You've maybe not wandered from the seat possess today your place within sunday church we've all wondered we've all wondered we've all drifted in some capacity in some way from the will of the father and and the way he wants us to walk some of us have, have drifted to great lengths and if you're here today and that was you then how thankful must you be that you found such a welcome back how thankful must you be then not only was heaven open to you, but so was the local church. Praise God for that. I see in you today, I may be patronising that you are such a people, that will welcome people back. But you need to guard your heart above all else. The Bible says, from out, from within, the heart flow, the issues of life, how we think about things, how we communicate about things, how we deal with the world at large and the people of this world, will be dictated upon the condition of our heart. So we must guard that heart. But the inference of that is not just protecting it from stopping stuff that shouldn't be there from getting in, but also from nurturing it. allowing the right things to get in. <coughs> Again, be a people that not religiously, but out of worship, but prioritize the presence of the Father and his words. There is this need of grace, and truth. Again, I believe that grace is the foundation it is is the platform for truth to be received. Isn't it beautiful when we see people come into the life of the church and we see their brokenness. We see their dysfunctions. And, and maybe somebody comes, maybe it's even been you, you maybe had the thought and the thought, oh, they should do that, or, you thought, know, you know, why always kind of later? Why are they why do, they, why do they walk upside down, you know, but whatever it is, you know, whatever and, and, and then be, you just give yourself on the Holy Spirit Check, you or maybe somebody says to you gently, tell it. Tell it. Give them time. Keep praying for them, keep encouraging them Be careful, be careful not to say such a thing to them. Yeah? Be careful not to such say such a thing to them. Now, I know sometimes such people crash and burn But isn't it beautiful? How many times? Have we seen such individuals, and you're one of them probably, as I might, that have, have come forth like a rough diamond, that then have been polished over time and fashioned to be such a beautiful star as I was speaking a bit earlier. It's not like perfect, but it's something that emanates the grace and glory of God. It's only made possible by the platform of grace. And you see that the fashioning then that takes place over time is because they have been welcomed and embraced with loving grace, <coughs> not because they're perfect, but because they're a child of God, it, it has brought the walls down that they're comfortable in your company, and they're comfortable before God, and their heart is humble and supple to receive God's instruction, day by day. And he fashions them change and transforms him as he does you and I from glory into to glory. But if we go the other way around you see, I think about this story, and I think there was another thing at the beginning that the story doesn't adapt. This is, this is just preaching. Preacher's thing. Maybe you've thought this before as well. It's when I, I hear this guy bumping his nose at the end. The big brother. The big brother attitude. Again, I don't need to look to you, there's been things that had the Big Brother attitude. I, I think to myself, if Big Brother had an attitude like that at the end, what's the chances that he had an attitude like that at the beginning? You see, there was pride and maturity, lack of appreciation for the, person, for the father and you know all that. Absolutely. Surely it worked within this younger son's heart at the beginning that led to this course of events that there was quite possibly somebody that was just encouraging and the the door. The lack of love, the lack of patience, the lack of inclusion in the family of God. Big brothers, sorry big brothers, but big brothers often tend to have a way of making a little brother not feel too welcome. Making him, yes, sometimes this is tough thing, sister, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> making him feel like he not just. <laughs> Not just uh, feel like a run to the lifter, but reminding them that they are the last in the pack. And uh, feel unwelcome when you make it our responsibility that nobody feels unwelcome. It's a job enough sometimes to get people in the door, isn't it? And then see them established without ushering them back out once they've come. Let's be a people of grace and truth. Let's allow people, let's be secure in God that allow people to hear the truth when they come in here, when they sit in, in Bible study groups during the week, whilst they um, read the Word of God and their personal devotions through the week, let's be secure in that. If things are, you know, out of order, then be secure in the leadership that God has placed here to step in when somebody needs to step in, and I'm sure they'll do that with, with love and with grace, as well as truth in a very tactful, tactful way, but be secure. Remind yourself that you once were such a son. I mean, yeah, (laughs) prodigal in the sense that he had and he came back, but whether you've ever drifted away to such a degree or not, it also paints the picture of just out-and-out sinfulness, does it not? And it reminds us, when we think about this story, it reminds me anyway, and it should remind you, Of the height from which I fell. And it amazes me the love that the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God. It amazes me. This this boy, this boy was living in a pigsty. All but for the sight of a curly tail, he had become a pig. He went to eat when the pigs were eating. He must have stunk. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know there's some farmers in the room and I'm praying as I make this statement that there's no pig farmers. <laughs> because, guys, eyes oh, stinky. Oh, wow. I rented a house in Midlow for a, for a time when we came back and we must have been half a mile from the pig farm and it was like the thing was outside my window. Wow. And that's when the wind was going in the opposite direction. <laughs> oh, that place is wild. I used to work in fish yards. I, I remember when I'd come in and, you know, life would go in the opposite direction, you know. And, and, oh, I'm going for a shower, you know, and then I'd go. Pig farms are on a whole other level. Yet, carrying the weight of this nest, which, remember, is a part of them, reflected the shame and stare of sin. God he had that level of stake, but like good places that you couldn't imagine going in life. You, you think of the deepest and darkest places, this is what is being reflected here in that story. This is what he was. Yet, the Father ran to him, embraced him, Falling up on his neck, which is the ultimate expression of love. Falling up on his neck, and kiss him, kiss him. Can you imagine kissing a pig? Oh. And then he says, go get my best Oh Are you like, hello? my job and I've left it in the blister. Don't make it for Tesco, then it cost that much. But I going to be sticking it in the peg. This is what God thinks of you. This is what God thinks of you. Whilst we were still sinners, Christ loves us. for today. Read the notes. I love them. And yesterday. It's great with the Holy Spirit leaves a tonight. You've already got your course of direction. And then I read this. says, uh, the apostle Paul writes, I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. Paul had a criminal record. He had the blood of innocent men and women on his hands. Yet God used him to write half the New Testament, establish the church, and carry the name of Jesus into the courts of Caesar which you have trusted him to be a leader of your denomination, or envisioned him teaching great truths and introducing you, you the revelations he received from heaven? The Bible says, God's gifts and call are irrevocable, Romans 11:29. God never counsels our calling and he never withdraws the spiritual gifts he gives us. And if he does not, we must not. How should we handle a brother or sister in Christ who goes astray with gentleness? Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest uh, you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, Galatians 6, 1-2. Is restoring people sometimes messy? Yes, it is. It, it, is it easy? No. Paul says it's a burden. Especially when they've brought embarrassment to God's redeemed family. But that's the point. They are still our spiritual family. And the world is watching to see how we treat them. Think about it. If you can't find grace in the family of God, where are you going to find it? Challenging works. Challenging works. And it's closed today. Um, I'm just aware of our company today. Um, you're sat here, and some of you, and uh, you are uh, related to the story that we read of this prodigal son. Those other people were laughing about this sickly break. There was despair deep within your heart, because your life is not what it should be. And you're like the son led to me, you find yourself a off from God, and you're ashamed. You're here in body, but in your heart, you're broken, and you're distant from God. It's possible that you've never known his love and acceptance. And even whilst he spoke to these children sat upon the floor, before this story was read, God was speaking to you? You were aware of the spots and the scars upon your life that came by your own weakness, your own failing, and you'd be ashamed to even speak to God. Why would he want anything to do with you? Something's lifted him today. As I read this story of the prodigal son, that even though you were a literal stinky pig, he was going to put his cloak of acceptance around your back. That's the truth. It doesn't matter what's went on, what you've been looking at, what you've given your time and money to, the shame that you carry upon your heart, the things that have come forth from your mouth, it does not matter. The only thing that matters is when you come to your senses now. When you come home. When you come home. There's only one place that you'll f- ever find true acceptance and belonging and purpose in your life. And it's within the arms of your creator. It's in the hands of Almighty God. But When you humble to yourself. today, you to When we bow our heads in a moment of prayer. understand it today. Your emotions are perhaps going here by are within. There's something supernatural taking place. You see that's because God is supernatural. He's a spirit. Yeah? He's not flesh and bone like you and I. And I present to you today that that's because He is speaking to you supernaturally through the things that you're hearing. Even some of the songs that we've been singing today. And, and though you can't fully understand it, you cannot but agree heaven is saying to you it's time to come home and if you're burdened and broken it doesn't matter if you've walked with god before or never walked with god before if you, if, oh, i need to come home i need to come to god today can you just lift your hand where you're sat, please just lift, lift your hand don't worry what other people are doing just lift your hand today there's nothing more important i see you there buddy that's fantastic is there anybody else but there's nothing more important if you've walked in here with a burden in your heart, then you walk out that door free. The Bible says, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. You don't need to try and make a right for your wrongs, because Jesus did it at the cross 2,000 years ago. What you do need to do is humble yourself and receive what he has made possible. The forgiveness of God, the grace of God, will begin to work in and through your life. I'll give you a few seconds more, because I know there's more no repeat here today. so I can see it. Maybe we could pray together for the benefit of the one that has put up his hand. And thank you for that. But it's not about me. It's about you and God. And I'd like us to repeat that prayer together because I know that there are people that are still sat and haven't raised their hand. And I'm not going to make a fool of you. But you need to be willing to make a fool of yourself. As in, you need, you need to draw a line in the sand. It doesn't matter what friends might think of such a decision you might make today. It doesn't matter what the cost will be. Recognize that heaven and hell are our only two options as we move forward from this life. If Christ is dying and you might know an eternity of, of peace. That's the only thing that matters right now. Let's pray. Almighty God, repeat again a lovely church help me be great almighty God thank you for truth thank you for truth that you love us and you love us you also love all people you also love all people thank you that you love me thank you that you love me thank you for your grace thank you for your grace I don't deserve it father I don't deserve it father I know I've messed up, I I've, messed up. I've fallen short Thank you today. You will love me regardless. Love you regardless. Thank, you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. That you took my share. That you took my share. That you took my pain. You took my pain. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my Cleanse me today. Cleanse me today. And fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. I commit my life to your hands. I my life to your hands. Jesus in Jesus' name.